If you or someone in your family is using the NDIS, you've probably already heard of the MyPlace portal. Time to level up and make MyPlace work for you. Carers Queensland's MyPlace portal support sessions can help you find your way around and get confident accessing your plan information online. Charge up your phone, tablet or laptop and bring it along to a free session near you. Find out more, check for events coming up near you and book your spot online at carersqld.com.au. You can also call us on 1300 636. Choice and Control, a podcast celebrating people with disability. Brought to you by Carers Queensland, NDIS Local Area Coordination Partner in the Community. Max Elliott has quite a history with the Brothers Rugby Club in Albion. He's working in the restaurant on a school-based traineeship. Before that, he started playing there in 2014 when his parents established the Ginger Cloud Foundation. Their modified rugby program is making sport accessible and inclusive for kids of all abilities. Max has autism and uses NDIS support to build his skills and independence. His mother, Megan, says that's how he decided he wanted to spend his career in the kitchen. It was about December last year, we were just at speech therapy one day and he just turned around and said, Mum, I want to be a chef. And we were just so, so excited. Um, and we've seen, particularly since he's been um, been able to get out from school a little bit more, uh, the, the chef at Ruggers is just an amazing person. Simon's a wonderful man. And um, so Max has really come out of himself. So, you know, from this year, he'll be doing uh, what they call a school-based traineeship. So he will be at school, but he'll be at Ruggers sort of two half days a week and in the kitchen, doing kitchen and food preparation one day and then um, front of house. So, you know, taking food out and and talking to people and customers and um, on the Friday afternoon when it's quite busy at Luggers. So, um, yeah, it's been obviously as many families like ours experience, uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint, this journey we're all on. But um, we have to say he's just a wonderful, wonderful, warm young man. So it makes all the hard work with it really worthwhile. That's great. And why a chef? Well, he loves food, so that's really good. <laughs> um, he's always loved food. It's really interesting. But I think, too, um, when uh, Max is an interesting, uh, he's such an intuitive young man. When he likes people, he really likes people. And I think he um, he loved Ruggers and, and sort of there's a sort of longer story around this in terms of what we did with Ginger Cloud Foundation and the Modified Rugby Program that we'll talk about that. Um, we, we wanted to create a place where he could feel safe and secure, be understood, experience success and belong into the long term. And so because Ruggers Restaurant is in Brothers Rugby Club, which is where we started this program called the Modified Rugby Program back in 2014, he's been there every week, twice a week, every year since then so he was so comfortable in that environment and that's what we used to go and have pizza and we'd have drinks at the, at the restaurant within the club so for him to then be able to work there um, wasn't uh, wasn't a stretch um, but I think also the influence of having the you know the formalized work experience but also um, a wonderful owner of the restaurant um, who ironically his son and Max were in the same year at school from when Max was in grade two kind of on and off 
and Matt, who Matt Moses, who owns Ruggers, um, he remembers when Max was totally nonverbal and would kind of sit in the back of the classroom. And for him, it's just extraordinary to see him now being, you know, an apprentice chef in the kitchen working in his business. Um, so I think all of those things create this um, this place where everyone is working towards Max's success um, because they see the value that he brings into that community. Is Max using any NDIS supports to um, to help him on his chef journey? Yes. So um, the main things that we're focusing on from an um, activity development perspective is um, functional numeracy, functional literacy, and really good language development. So we're using that in terms of the capacity building because when, if you meet Max now, it's hard to imagine that at seven, we were told um, by a specialist school that be prepared that Max would never speak, never read, and never write. Um, and we were just fortunate that, you know, we had this little bird on my shoulder that just kept saying, tough call at seven is only seven, are writing someone off at that age when we don't understand enough about the neurology of, of autism. And Max is quite tricky because he has autism and he has a very complex language disability that sits as a comorbidity. So it's not just driven by the autism and it took so many years to actually dig into that and identify um, that the learning um, delay was, was so complex it was coming from a lack of attention so you know we had to have the medication sorted out but then we found an incredible speech pathologist um, whose name is David Martin and, and he was the one person who went yep I think I've got something that I can work with with Max and um, you know so when we had all the language assessments every part of Max's language assessment was below profound like you can imagine off the there was nothing there except this huge spike in meaning and it was quite incredible that from a science perspective you know we worked with a, a speech pathologist who could basically attach language onto that one spike neurologically of meaning and now he can operate in a group he's got great receptive language more complex concepts are tricky for him but we can break that down and he can ask questions so if you think about that from a capacity building perspective that's where a lot of our focus goes we still have three hours a week of speech pathology which is the only way that max has had this language that's really developed now but also we use an amazing um, program called Godish. And um, so we use that for any assignments and stuff for school for Max now because we we use a lot of the funding also for touch typing. So we taught Max to touch type really early because of all of the motor planning issues, writing was just a nightmare. So it took so long to write that he couldn't get his thoughts out. And using Got It, which is a program that was actually designed for adults with dyslexia, Max can now get the thoughts out and actually, you know, then write his communication as well. So that's been really exciting. And then from the community capacity building from the community side, so the social community um, interaction side, we've got um, fantastic support workers who will do things like um, teaching him um, to catch the bus, uh, but a lot of cooking at home. So um, both, well, two of our support workers are really fantastic in the kitchen and they love cooking 
Um, so they've really given Max uh, a passion for cooking. And I think that's part of where the chef part comes through as well. But, but you know, Max, if Max could have pizza all day, <laughs> Max would, would eat pizza. But it gives him a sense of he can do these things by himself. Um, last year also, um, there was a big chunk that we helped Max get his um, learners online as well. So there was a lot of practice that went in with that. So um, we also use uh, a fantastic tutor who is really helping build um, the functional numeracy so that things like uh, Max can start to make some basic assumptions about when you give people $10, how much money, if you spend five, how much money should you get back? So uh, trying to give that sense of financial security, it will be very difficult for Max to really ever control his own money. Um, but, you know, we can put things in place around that. But as much functional numeracy and literacy as we can and then really building up all the independent skills. Like this year he's got a new bike, so he's going to be riding to and from ruggers so that he's got that independence going to and from work as well. So the whole, our, this is our second plan, um, it worked so well for us last year. Um, and um, we've got, you know, um, a great coordinator as well. And And I think... Uh, when you've got a really clear vision about what you think your children can achieve and what your young people can achieve, then you build a plan kind of based on that, that vision, if that makes sense. We want Max to make as much of a contribution in the community as he can. Um, and that hopefully involves getting a job of some level, paying taxes, like, as well as getting all the support that we can. But we want his life to be as normal as it can be in the capacity of what he has and being able to modify things and give him that support around him. But um, our children have the right to that expectation in life. We're a really um, strong believer in um, you know, contribution and um, because once communities start to understand what our children and what our young people contribute to community, they start getting turned on to, oh, well, maybe we can modify things a little bit because these people are amazing and they bring so much and they enrich our lives and teach our young people so much about disability. And yeah, that's kind of always been our philosophy. Getting started with your first National Disability Insurance Scheme plan? Get off to a strong start with Carers Queensland's free workshop using your NDIS plan. Learn how to use your funding, work with service providers and use the MyPlace portal. Find out more, check for events coming up near you and book your spot online at carersqld.com.au. You can also call us on 1300 636. The family's relationship with the club where Max is now working stretches back to when he was 11, when the seeds of what would become the Ginger Cloud Foundation were first sown. For us, those years between 5 and 11 were pretty bleak. But we got to 11 and Max was at school down the road and um, there was um, a wonderful um, rugby coach and we had a friend around the corner whose son had Asperger's and we started a little rugby thing called Max and Jake Rugby, which is basically about getting kids out on the field, being able to pass the ball, put a ball down, just to kind of 
get some sense of normality um, because we have a huge rugby club literally roll down the hill as in Mike Max can ride his bike down the hill to a wonderful rugby club called Brothers Rugby Club and um, we still remember so clearly Max was about 11 and he was doing Max and Jake rugby and we said to our coach at the time I said hey Dale you know there's this incredible community of people um, down the road who we don't know um, all of the other kind of age, same age boys as Max, they all play at rugby, um, but we don't, Max doesn't know any of them, we don't know any of the parents, Lara, our daughter, doesn't know any of the siblings. Um, how do we get involved in this incredibly vibrant community? Because we've lived that, that period of our life with like a family with like a horse with blinkers on you literally just trying to get from day to day um and then yeah once we had this bit of space to get light at the end of the tunnel we went wow okay how can we get involved in the club and that's kind of where it started but what we realized was that um if we knew nothing about autism which we didn't how would we expect anyone else in our community to know anything about the challenges that that we were facing. So we realised that that if we wanted to get involved in the community, that it was also our responsibility as a family to help train the community and help build awareness about, about our kids. So the first thing is to create a place where our kids feel safe and secure, where they're understood, where they experience success and belong. And the second thing was to nurture a generation of young people for whom disability is normalised. Because a bit like the recycling kind of concept. If you train the young people, they will take, and by young people I mean kind of 14 to 17 year olds initially, um, they will take that that thought leadership um, back to their families and back to their group of friends. And because only by normalising disability will we be able to create this community where when we're not here anymore, literally, and not able to support Max's life and his vision, that community needs to be ready and have the capacity to be able to go, of course I'll involve Max and kids like Max like that, of course, why, why wouldn't I? We want the question to be, well, why not, instead of why? So we realised that that kind of you know, social change was going to take a generation, really, so we needed to do that at the same time. So, so Ginger Cloud, the name, Ginger refers to the first time that Max came home from school and had enough language to ask for morning tea at Tuck Shop. And it was a gingerbread man and an apple juice. So that's where the ginger came from. And then the cloud, we see a cloud as being every milestone. A cloud in a blue sky is that stepping stone and celebration of every small success in Max's life to get you where you know, as a family, you believe that you can go. So that's what Ginger Cloud uh, means. So for all of our families involved, it's about a celebration of every milestone towards a vision about what amazing lives we believe our our young people can have. Because, you know, if we set if we set the bar low, our kids will achieve it every time. But if we set the heart by the bar high, our kids will work to that and our community will work to that and we'll work together to be able to say what is the best possible life that our young people can have and what kind of contribution can they make to our community ongoing. 
And so now the modified rugby programs played in numerous rugby clubs in Brisbane, the Darling Downs, North Queensland, and even in the ACT. Where do you actually see this program going? Uh, well, hopefully nationally. So we're looking at expanding in uh, the ACT this year uh, and we'd like to get into um, Victoria. We've had some interest out of WA as well. But we've actually also had six countries say that they'd like to get involved in the MRP. Um, we were very lucky in 2016. So World Rugby is like the global overarching body that runs rugby around the world and we came second in their character award. They award that for um, groups around the world who make a really significant contribution to rugby. So we're looking at sort of setting up a licensing model with the MRP where people all around the world can access the drills and, and the big thing that makes the Modified Rugby Program so different is we have a really specific allied health framework that sits in the back end. So um, we profile each child when they come in. We ask parents to complete information about them, their needs. So you imagine it, you know, a, sort of a child with um, a cognitive disability. So the Modified Rugby Program has been specifically designed for children with autism, Asperger's and learning and perceptual disabilities as well. They might have a secondary physical disability, but the majority of the modifications are cognitive. So it's things like sensory awareness, modified language. We have lots of visual supports. Um, it's a shorter time frame. It's um, a quieter time when we do it. So we generally always play first up instead of having sort of 600 under sixes arrive at the same time. Um, and we try and play on the same field. We try and play on the same field at the clubs because a lot of our kids, you know, have that if they've got balance related issues when they're younger. We're aware of vestibular issues, um, sensory issues, but also the things just about the ability to be on a green pitch um, with 15 other people and have a coach and have someone who's in charge is a big um, adjustment for a lot of our kids. But that's why it was so important for us to get them so early because to help children understand um, what a workplace is like, they need to start operating in groups, but in a really supportive, modified environment. So what makes the MRP so different is that every player with a learning and perceptual disability has their own player mentor on the field. And um, because we've got four divisions now, the young people with disability are from seven down uh, up to about 25 now in the Colts program. And then we have teenagers um, from 14 to 17, so at school. But now we have um, player mentors who support our older children. You know, Max is obviously now leaving school we need to be able to support the older people as well, the older young adults. So we've got university students who support them. And a lot of the uni students, a lot of them are doing OT or they might be doing physio or they're doing uh, teaching. They generally have a passion for um, inclusion and diversity. So they're getting to have this wonderful work experience whilst they're still at uni. Uh, but for the schools, uh, a lot of the schools now have um, do service and the kids have service obligations. So we wanted to allow those young people who haven't experienced, um, say children, young, young people like Max firsthand, to have an experience about what it's like to support 
a person with a disability. Uh, and we train the player mentors as well. So there's a, a program that we call the Disability Inclusion Leaders Program, where in those early years, it's really all about giving them a language of diversity and inclusion and giving them simple ways that rather than, rather than just being inclusive, they learn how to actually do inclusion. Kids are worried about oh, what words should I use? How do I support this person? Can I can I touch them? Can I? Um, what do I do if they don't understand me? Um, what what happens if I can see that they're getting anxious? Sort of what strategies do I put in place? So that's where our allied health framework comes in. When we are no longer here to support him, he'll he'll have have had you know, a lifetime of being able to be independent and start making decisions. And the fact that for the NDIS, that will continue across Max's life. As a family, that gives you an incredible um, sense of it's going to be okay. Because that's the greatest fear, you know, that all of our all of our families have you know we can do so much when we're here but what happens particularly when we're not here and the big thing for us is we, we never wanted that pressure to sit with our daughter we wanted her to be able to live her life not to change her life to have to be there for max if she didn't want to she may still want to but it's her right to live her life as well and and I think this is, in terms of understanding the NDIS support ongoing, it gives families the ability to be normal. And when you haven't had normal, um, the value of normal is an incredible thing to think that, that life will be okay. It will be okay for him. It'll be okay for Lara. We'll still do all the things that we do, but we, we know that we are working truly to create the best opportunity for Max's life that, that he can possibly, possibly have and still for him to be able to make as much of a contribution in the community as, as he is able to within his capacity. And gosh, if, if we can have that, um, that's a pretty, pretty special outcome. To find out more about the program, head to Facebook, look for the Ginger Cloud Foundation or the Modified Rugby Program, MRP. You can also check out what's on the menu by looking up Rugger's Restaurant. That's R-U-G-G-E-R-S. Many thanks to Fiona Stutz for the interview in today's episode. Thanks for joining us at Choice and Control, a Carers Queensland podcast. For more information about the National Disability Insurance Scheme or Carers Queensland, contact us online at carersqld.com.au. You can call us on 1300 999 636 or head to Facebook and look for Carers Queensland NDIS.